Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. He has Parliament Hill on speed dial, and they know when the phone rings, no comment is not an option. This is The Roy Green Show. I, Harry, take you, Megan. I, Harry, take you, Megan. To be my wife. To be my wife. Harry, I give you this ring. Harry, I give you this ring. As a sign of our marriage. As a sign of our marriage. With my body, I honor you. With my body, I honor you. All that I am, I give to you. All that I am, I give to you. Let's call it a hunch. I don't think Megan's dad is paying for the wedding. Let's call it a hunch. Um, did, did Harry really say to uh, his bride, I think I'm <clears throat> myself? What a human moment, huh? So I didn't really see much of the wedding. I saw uh, a little bit, uh, saw some highlights, turned on the television just as the carriage with the horses was going by. My dogs saw the horses and started barking, and that was kind of my morning with the wedding. Hello, everybody. It's uh, a green show for this weekend. Yes, yes, yes. We are going to be talking about Mr. Trudeau's speech at NYU, but not so much today. A little bit today, but more tomorrow. And um, terrible situation in uh, Santa Fe, Texas. Uh, Tony Bernardo is going to be with us, executive director of SELA, uh, the Canadian Gun Owners Lobby Group in Ottawa, because I've, I've again heard that legal gun owners are the problem, and uh, we'll talk to Tony about that. And Dr. Frank Farley is going to be with us, psychologist and L.H. Carnell professor at uh, Temple University, former president of the American Psychological Association. He's from uh, Edmonton. And so we have another teen loner, another bullied teen, another school shooting. And I'm wondering if somewhere right now, another bullied loner is fantasizing about getting even and taking lives. And I, uh, I was thinking earlier this morning, I just wonder if it's fair to suggest the teens who commit mass murders are motivated to use firearms more by the constant use of guns in movies, television shows, games, than guns being owned by everyday people. We do not resolve issues with a parking meter by planting a few shots at the thing. We'll talk to Dr. Farley about that. MS-13 coming into Canada. Is the concern one of the world's real experts on Central American and South American gangs? Ian Grillo will be with us. He's the author of Gangster Warlords. And uh, he actually spends time in the favelas in Brazil and in the barrios in uh, in Central America, so he lives what he writes. He knows what's going on. Uh, there was something else I wanted to say here. But it came and it left. So the, uh, the royal wedding turned the focus on the relevance of the royal family to Canada in 2018. 
And last year, Ipsos conducted a national poll for Global News, and 61% of Canadians described the royals as simply celebrities and nothing more. And even though it's constitutionally very difficult, is it time to divorce the Queen, the Princes, the Princesses, the Dukes, the Duchesses, as Canada's royal family? I'm just curious about how we feel about this issue, and this is probably one of the better days to talk about it when the focus is on the royal family, and there's been a tremendous amount of positive response to the pomp, the circumstance, and the wedding. Daryl Bricker joins me. He's the CEO of Ipsos Public Affairs and the author of The Big Shift. Daryl, thank you for the time. Uh, are Canadians proud today over the royal wedding, or is it mostly curiosity and stargazing? No, it's interesting. Uh, when the events are positive for the royal family, uh, Canadians' opinion tends to improve. When, they, uh, when they're having a rough go, uh, then their, you know, their their opinions go in the other direction. But I would say, based on what I've seen of the coverage today, that uh, people are probably feeling pretty positive about the royal family, particularly when they consider the modern version that is starting to emerge. So, uh, probably a pretty good day for Canadians and the royals. So I'm just a I'm just a disturber then. Well, uh, you're a bit of a Republican, Roy. Is that what you're telling me? Um, Canadians, uh, it's, it is interesting. I mean, if, uh, where we tend to get confused on this is even, you know, when you go with the 61% that you noted before, right. if you're removed from Quebec from the sample, the numbers change quite a bit. So people, especially in English Canada, uh, by that I mean Quebec, uh, Canada outside of the province of Quebec, are actually even more um, supportive of the uh, the royal family. And interestingly enough, newer Canadians tend to be even more so than people who were born here. So that's so, what I wanted to ask. I wanted yeah. to ask about the newer the newer arrivals, because maybe the, the gut res- response or reflex would be, many of these people have no history with the royal family, who have no history with the UK, or maybe their countries had a negative history with the UK, and so they would be less inclined to be supportive of the royal family, but that's not the case. No, it's, I think it's about embracing what they see as Canadian symbols. And if you look at an awful lot of our Canadian symbols are really inspired by things that come from the UK and from uh, and from the the royal system that existed there, the hereditary system that it, that exists in the UK. So even you know, for example, the Mounties' red coats. Uh, if you go to Parliament Hill and you see the guards in the ceremonial ceremonial guard parading, they look very similar to the uniforms that you saw today being worn at the wedding. So I mean. There's these things that, you know, when people want to become attached to Canada, they go for those symbols. As I said before, Quebec's a different circumstance, but Canada outside of that uh, tends to be pretty supportive. So what what are the numbers in Quebec? Uh, they tend to be probably more in the range of 40% than they are in the range of, you know, 50 and 60. Mm-hmm. And even when the royals are having a good time, they're not having as good a time in uh, in the province of Quebec in terms of public opinion. Do Canadians see the Queen as representative of the, of the royal family simply because she, she's a gracious lady, she's been in, on the throne for so many decades, she's consistent, you know what you're going to get from her, uh, she's an elegant woman. Um, if it were Prince Charles, do you think there might be a bit of a different attitude? Uh, well, you know, it's interesting, when you divorce the... Uh, um, divorce is an unfortunate term, but I'll just use that. <laughs> um, when you divorce the Queen from the institution, people actually have a higher opinion of the Queen. Uh, they actually describe her pretty much as you would, or relate to her pretty much as you describe. Prince Charles does not do as well, although his numbers have been improving over the last few years. Hmm. Uh, is this a, is it a case of, of, of demographics uh, at all? Does, does that come into play? 
Well, older Canadians tend to have a more positive view. And as I said before, people living in uh, Canada outside of the province of Quebec tend to have a more positive view. But I think even as people age, their their views tend to improve just a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I I don't see that there's a a nascent Republican movement in Canada that's going to have any big effect uh, anytime soon. Uh, So I think the the royal family and the, the institutions that come through that to our form of government are going to be part of our history for quite a long time. See, I, well, I started out as a little kid in England, and uh, I remember there was something going on that involved the Queen that was significant, and uh, there I was, probably five or six years old, and each kid in the school received a cup and saucer with the Queen's image on it, and Prince Philip as well, and the Union Jack, and we were reminded of the glory of the empire. I remember that particular uh, that, that incident that in school that morning. People keep asking me what happened to the cup and saucer. I think it broke about 10 minutes after I got it, but that's just a, that's just a five-year-old well, boy getting careful, a cup, right? Pretty careless guy. You've been on the <laughs> Antiques Roadshow with us. <laughs> I am a bit of a Republican. I get that sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I am. And you're not alone. There are people who actually do feel that way. As I said before, what I'm describing here are tendencies as opposed right. to unanimity. It's a good debate to have because uh, every every people in every country should be redefining itself, at least from time to time with all the changes that take place everywhere, including, of course, here. Yeah, well, and, and also you have to add in for Canada, uh, the, the way that we, one of the ways that we uh, uh, create that separation between ourselves and the United States is this type of thing as mm-hmm. well. So, you know, if we were not as close to the United States as we are, maybe it might be a little bit of a, a different situation, but I think... Uh, the, trying to establish differences uh, between us and our American cousins, the royal family uh, is, is a convenient way to do that. Okay. Daryl, I can't let you go without asking you uh, for a quick sense of what happened this week on the election campaign trail in the province of Ontario. There was, of course, the talk about the 10 cents a liter gas uh, price that Mr. Ford has said he's going to take 10 cents per, per liter tax off the gas. Uh, Ms. Wynn says... People won't notice that. Um, what's what's registered? Do you think uh, taking ten cents a gallon the price of gas <laughs> it does, doesn't it? I mean, this this is where the you know the government really uh, there, there's there's you know a sort of a factual basis to what the government's arguing back. But the truth is, if you're a person who's commuting from the 905, and by the way, the 905 is going to decide this election. You're commuting from the 905 to work every day. That ten cents means a lot. If you're riding a bicycle, living in downtown Toronto, yeah, it probably doesn't mean anything to you. But if you're a commuter, it probably does. So when the government gets up there with a technical explanation as to why it doesn't matter, uh, you know, it, it kind of sounds like not that it doesn't matter, but that we don't care. Okay. And this further reinforces Mr. Ford's lead in that key region of the 905. Has anything happened to Mr. Ford's lead to to change what you shared with us last week that he's likely to form a majority government? Not so far. I mean, the only thing that we've really seen is movement on the progressive side of the uh, of the the agenda, where you've seen the Liberal Party uh, support start to evaporate a bit. It's down about four points, and we've seen the NDP support rise by about six. So what's happening is the progressive party progressive parties are making that decision that if they want to stop uh, Doug Ford, that they're going to have to get behind one of them. And at the moment, it looks like it's the NDP. Okay. Daryl, thank you so much for the time. It's always an honor to speak with you. A pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Ray. Daryl Bricker, CEO of Ipsos, really good guy, knows this country so well. Read his book, The Big Shift. He co-wrote that. And uh, it's, well, he's written a number of books, but it's about Canada, and it's it's an excellent read.
Um, all right, so uh, my number is 800-263-2428. I have to stir the pot a bit because I was, I was thinking about this whole issue about uh, the royals and, and Canada. And I've long maintained that it's time. And I started out, like I said, as a little kid in England, um, English father, Swiss mother. And I, uh, I have long felt that I would like the head of state to be someone who's actually in Canada all the time and is a Canadian citizen. I've gotten into this argument before where people have said, well, the queen is the head of state and uh, the governor general is her representative. I understand all of that. But viscerally, I just think it's time for Canada to have its own head of state. To, to just, I, I think we need, I think we should cut the ties to the royal family. And this is a hell of a day to talk about it, but I thought it was important that we talk about it when people are actually thinking about the royal family. And maybe you, maybe you feel so, so well about them today, you think that I'm uh, off my rocker. 800-263-2428. is my number. One of, those, one of those numbers will work. 1-800-263-2428. Um, is it still relevant for Canada with our constantly changing face? And the unending innuendos that white Canadians, Caucasian Canadians, i got to ask you this, are racist, bigoted, privileged for a white British queen to be the Queen of Canada? Let's ask the question a lot of people would avoid. 800-263-2428. Is it still relevant for Canada with our constantly changing face and unending innuendos that white Canadians, Caucasian Canadians, are racist, bigoted, and privileged? Is it still appropriate for a white British woman to be the Queen of Canada? Deal with that one. 800-263-2428. 800-263-2428. Time for us to have our own head of state? It's almost impossible constitutionally. We'll get into that a little later. Your phone calls as soon as we come back. 800-263-2428. He always got straight A's, but his report card said he talked too much. This is the Roy Green Show. Everything in the Holy Prophets, everything in the Scriptures, everything that God has been trying to tell the world, love God, love your neighbors. They have declared their marriage by the joining of hands, and by the giving and receiving of rings. I therefore proclaim that they are husband and wife. Let's go to your calls at 800-263-2428. We'll spend a few minutes on this and ask you whether you think it's still time, still appropriate. For the Queen in England to be the head of state for Canada. I'm surprised, Daryl Bricker said, newcomers to Canada have uh, a stronger affection for the, uh, the royal family than do uh, perhaps even people who have been here multiples of generations. But it appears that um, significant numbers of Canadians, maybe the majority, think it's still appropriate, a majority outside of Quebec, think it's still appropriate for the Queen to be the head of state, or Prince Charles if he were the king, or... You know, this line of succession, 800-263-2428. John is in Cochrane, Alberta. How are you, John? 
Doing well, Roy. Hope you're doing well today as well. I am, sir. I'm taking uh, a week off uh, after Sunday, after tomorrow's show. So I'm all geared Wonderful. up. Yes, sir. Something we all need this summer. Yeah. As far as the uh, royal family goes in Canada, I, I believe personally it's past the point of obsolescence. And I see it as more of a novelty at this point. You know, I'm sure they're wonderful people and they think served a useful purpose, you know, a century ago or more. But now I think it's uh, quite a large cost for a country to be part of the monarchy. So when the Queen or another member of the royal family comes to Canada, the burden is upon Canadian taxpayers to pay for all the security and the cost for them to travel here, which is actually pretty unbelievable. And when you look at do we do we pay John? John, do we pay for everything when they visit? I've, I've heard I've heard different reports, and I can't remember what the truth of it is. I know we paid nothing. The Canadian taxpayer did not pay anything toward the wedding that took place earlier today. But um, yes, I understand that when they do travel here, that the we, we pick up the tab. For the security, we pay okay. for the security. Okay. I don't know about All right. the actual uh, accommodation. Does the Queen? Does the fact that the Queen is the head of state for this country? provide continuity, historical continuity for Canada? Does it give Canadians an opportunity to hang on to, to some historical fact that makes makes us feel better? I, I don't feel that way myself, but maybe that's the way a lot of people feel. I, I think some people do, but when we look at it, you know, on a more deeper level, really, is there a real purpose there? If the Queen would basically disappear, the monarchy disappear tomorrow, where would the void be? Would we actually say, hey, we're missing something here in our country without the monarchy? Well, David just sent an email and and asks whether I'd be happier if the prime minister were the head of state. And he points out in that case, right now, it would be Justin Trudeau who would be the head of state. And David, that's that's a shot below the belt. It's not it fair. Is, you know, although I could <laughs> see Justin in a dress with a... Oh, uh, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> So you, you would say that it is time for the monarchy to no longer be, not to be part of the future of Canada, but a respected part of the history of this country? I believe so, because I think our money could be spent on better things and uh, be more productive with Canadians. Thank you for the call, John. John and Carpenter in Alberta. It's about identity. Now, when it comes to, if, if it were ever to happen, the difficult part here is, that would require a constitutional change because the monarchy is written into the constitution. So a constitutional change would be, amendment would be required, and all the provinces would have to sign on and agree. And that's not going to happen. You cannot get all provinces, all 10 provinces of this country to sign on and agree to anything. And they certainly wouldn't sign on and agree and agree to uh, the end of the monarchy. When we come back, we're going to talk about the gasoline price. And Mr. Ford says in Ontario he'd drop it 10 cents a liter. I'm asking if he can do it, why can't they all? We'll come right back.